Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Today's episode is brought to you by ETB Games. ETB Games is, of course, our locals in Alexandria, Louisiana. They are our one-stop shop for all of our card game needs. They have singles and sealed product for the games that you love, like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Magic the Gathering, and Pokemon. Of course, you can also find the accessories that you need, such as sleeves, binders, playmats, and more. And if you're into D&D, well, they have all of your D&D figurines, the paint for the figurines, dice, books, and anything that you would need to play. So be sure to check out ETB Games. There's a link in the description down below. And now back to today's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. My name, of course, is Sunny. I am here with my co-host, Caleb. Hello. And our wonderful friend, Trevor. What's up? So... Today, we decided to change up the seating arrangements to accommodate Trevor. We were going to have him sit in the middle, but, you know, this is the iconic team. So, <laughs> Caleb was the B, so he had to sit in the middle. So Had to get the flow right. That's it. That's it. So, thank you all so much for joining us on today's episode. Of course, thank you to our sponsor, who you saw an ad for a second ago, ETB Games, of course. And, of course, thank you to all of our people that we work with for affiliate links, which are, of course, Dragon Shield, TCG Player, we have Millennium Threads. There's a link down below with a discount code, TOPCUT10, for 10% off. And, of course, you can also try out... Um, I'm going to miss it. Oh, no. Gem Accessories. Hmm. I promise. I promise. I've, I I love Gem Accessories. That's not anything personal. It's just been <laughs> a long weekend. So Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. So, Gem Accessories, of course, also has a link down below, and there's also a discount code for 10% off your first purchase through Gem Accessories' website. Also, you can check out their new app for, um, they are running, like, some deals and yeah. stuff like that on their app. So, be sure to check that out. Now, let's go ahead and get on into the Patreons, and I am so excited to get Trevor's reaction, because we've heard a lot of these names a bunch of times. But, Trevor, you haven't really heard these names many times, so. I, I mean, I listen to 
for the podcast, but you know, sometimes your brain's kind of turned off. And yeah. You don't yeah, yeah, yeah. Experience them all in that. Well, you're gonna enjoy glory. some of these, I promise. So. Sounds good today. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So a huge thank you to Cam Yang, Top Cuts, Trouble Sunny, and Caleb. Austin Johnson, Kane Martin, Marshawn Jones, Zyphorus, Yeet the Feet, AD, Ash Blossom, and No, or no, I'm sorry, Ash Joy and No Blossom. <laughs> that's, play, that's pretty good. <laughs> it was Ash Blossom and No Joy. They changed it, I see. Um, knew it for the capnip, catnip Lord Vader, Cat Sith. <laughs> what? <laughs> you okay, yeah. Caleb? Yeah, I'm fine. You know what's funny is, me and our editor got into it about that the other day, too. He also was like, it's catchy. And I'm like, no, it's Catsith. <laughs> Earth Machine, best deck. Epi, has anyone actually read Toy Vendor? HGH Cyber, I am McLincoln. Imagine playing Yu-Gi-Oh! in 2022 on Earth in the Milky Way Galaxy in the universe on Earth in 2022 playing Yu-Gi-Oh! Jared Helton, Mountain Man, Oatmeal Spaghetti, Owen Alvarado, Pig, quitting the game as a floodgate. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> You'll know why we're looking at you in a second. Rudolph, Sprite, Farter, Tierlement's having this floodgate in your mouth. Unbanned number 95, Konami. Understanding and reading are two different things. Virtually Savior's World. Aaron Gardner. Okay, wait, I'm sorry, but the understanding and reading are two different things is literally my favorite one. <laughs> I literally tell people all the time, we'll be playing and they'll be reading. I'm like, are you understanding? Yeah. Please <laughs> tell me you're getting it. <laughs> Dude, so many people love that. That's like the best one. <laughs> Aaron Gardner, Asami, Ashless Chaps, Brandon Potter, Duty Booty, Dragon Maidenless Behavior. It's my favorite. <laughs> Drink every time Sonny disagrees with Caleb. Don't do that. <laughs> I do not recommend that. You will get sick. Fur Hire, Dog Turd. <laughs> if someone made you say Dog Turd. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Beans, man. King, King Henry, Old Man Red, Pin Code 143, Ray Powell, Shockmaster did nothing wrong, slaking it up. Sonny is a freaky worm guy. What, what? does that mean? W-Y-R-M, worm, like sword souls. Oh, uh, sword soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and Vampire Fraulein's the only waifu a person should have. Isn't that right, Sonny? No, I still disagree. Vehemently. Who is your waifu? Do um, you like not have one? Some people don't have one. Like I don't really have one. I think that there's some that I would like never have. Something like um like Dark Magician Girl. It's too basic. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's so boring. You know what I'm saying? Tour guide's too inappropriate. Yeah. Um I don't know. I don't really have one per D se. DD Warrior Lady. Listen, catch me with Mecha Quantum Blue Layer. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Can't even see your face. That's you not an issue. You don't need to. You are so shallow. No, my waifu <laughs> is my fiance. There you go. Oh. Soon she'll be your literal waifu. Yeah, yeah. For oh. life Oh god. All right, let's let's move on. <laughs> I'm so done. Honestly. I didn't mean to bring that up. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, of course, let's go ahead and get on into our main topic today, which is Trevor. Trevor, we're talking about you today. Okay, cool. Okay, so for those that don't know Trevor, Trevor is, of course, one of our friends and one of our teammates from ETB Games. Now, Trevor has this unique quality about him, which is that he's actually good at the game. So, very like different. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But despite being so good at the game, you know, I feel like you top just about every tournament you go to, whether it's regionals, case tournaments, whatever. You That 3v3. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, you carry teammates to success. Despite all of that, 
you've done something unthinkable. I have. You took a break. Well, y'all are calling it a break. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been saying you retired. They think I'm going to come back, but I, I don't know, man. Everyone know. comes back. <laughs> My wife said, what number is this? And I was like, yeah, I have done this quite a bit, haven't I? <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. We all have. Hey, Alexa, be quiet. Unbelievable. <laughs> so rude. Just no, no, like, thinking of the, the fact that other people are doing something. You know she's not alive, right? <laughs> I'm so, so inconsiderate. <laughs> Woo. All right. So... But why? So I guess the the first question is, uh, why did you quit? Well, number one, me and my wife are building a house, so like it's kind of expensive. Yeah. And when it comes to the game, like you really need to keep up if you want, like with cards and with like traveling and with expenses, if you want to keep up with the game. And it it was I either have a nice deck, but I can't travel, or I have a subpar deck travel but i also get bodied if i you know don't have the correct things that i need so right and yeah. it came to a fact of like i can't i can't keep changing like every set feels like it's like introducing like even better cards and the better cards are just like really really good and like i love the game but it just not right now it's just a, right. right now thing you know yeah for sure so yeah and i think that that is it's something that people have to consider is that at, as the player base for the game gets older, because let's be honest here, Yu-Gi-Oh! is not a game for kids anymore. Hasn't been for a good while. A very long time. Yeah, as much as as much as Konami wants to like pander to that kid audience and like believe that it's for kids, it's just not. Yeah. This is a game that caters to the 20 to 30 year old crowd more than anybody else yeah just basically whoever was watching tv during the uh dual monsters era oh, 20 yeah. years yeah. ago Definitely. yeah yeah dude have you gone back and watched it it's really it's rough. horrible it's, so it's, rough. Oh, <laughs> it's got its moments of just i can't believe they did that there's yeah. a lot of like unwatchable stuff in that show yeah honestly it's it's really cringe too you know what i'm saying yeah but Cora's yeah. the only one that's actually serious everybody else is just hanging out Yep. Like he's he's consistently bad. You know what I'm saying? Right. So. Yeah, and I think that that is that's something that we all had to learn growing up, right? Is that like, yeah, the show was cool as a kid, but you can't that's like one of the hardest parts of the learning curve of Yu-Gi-Oh is learning that the show can be cool and we not play the things that they play in the show cuz they're bad. Yeah. Or like just don't work the way they do in the show. Yeah, like, like, could you imagine field spells actually doing like what they do in the show? Yeah. Oh my god. Some of that stuff was crazy. <sighs> well, the part that bugged me was what fifteen percent bonus or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of a flat, they gained two hundred. It was yeah, like, and then the attacks were like what, like nineteen thousand two hundred sixty. It was like nineteen thousand. Wait, I'm sorry, not nineteen thousand. It's like a thousand nine hundred twenty-one. It's like what? What is happening? Yeah. 19, uh, it, the one that sticks in my head is is 1596 because that is killer needle under forest. That's crazy, dude. I, I can't. dark tool stories. I can't. <laughs> oh man. So 
what so you gave us the reason that you quit so what what are you gonna do in the meantime because nobody actually quits what (laughs) (laughs) you guys just keep putting these little like (laughs) seeds of like it's not done until i say it's done it's like walter white it's like I say we're done, Jesse. I am the one who knocks. Uh, So, what am I doing now? Number one, focusing on the house. Me and my wife actually have to go um, take her graduation pictures today. So, I'm focusing more on that. Focusing on my health. I gained a little bit of weight playing Yu Gi Oh! It was weird. I lost weight playing Yu Gi Oh! But then I gained it back. So, it's like, I don't know. It's almost like Yu Gi Oh! has no correlation. I I don't know, bro. (laughs) Like the traveling and the stress and the food and stuff like that. And see, like, I'm okay at the game. You guys say I'm broken. I'm okay at the game. But some of these dudes, bro, they just, like, go to YCSs, and they're, like, they look so rested, and they look like they're just, like, having a great time. I go over there, I look like a walking zombie. And people are, like, <laughs> trying to tell me, how's your rounds? I'm like, ugh. I, I, and, like, my brain's so fried. It, it was stressing me out, too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, when it comes to, like, doing other things, like, just spending more time with my family and my friends. I mean, obviously, I'll still come up here and, and you know play like Edison and like goat format, retro formats. I still play that. Yeah. Uh, but I am picking up some uh, forbidden fruit, man. I'm playing a little bit of Magic Pioneer. So. Yeah, yeah. Trust me, I understand. I've. It's crazy. I didn't actually necessarily like want to pick up and play Magic, but like I feel like all my friends that I play Yu-Gi-Oh with are all Shifting, going. Yeah. Yeah, they're all kind of like taking a break from the game, play some magic for a while, stuff like that. And it's like, okay, well, I'll put together a magic deck just to play. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the advantages of, like, sticking to a specific format with magic is that you can leave the game for a couple years and come back and your deck's still fine. Yeah, it's yeah. it's nice. It's really nice. Oh yeah. Like, might, oh, yeah. You might have to pick up, like, one, maybe two cards here and there just to kind of upgrade a little bit. Yeah. That's it, about it. That See, that's a big issue with... Uh, it's like, well, you know... Well, Trevor, you know, you're quitting Yu-Gi-Oh! And you're picking up some magic. But the thing is this, like you said, like... Some sets, you don't have to get certain things. Just because they have this, I don't know, great white card that's in this set. Like, it might not go with, like, the deck you're playing. You yeah, know what so I'm you saying? can just ignore it. It's just like, oh, like, that's cool. Like, my deck's still fine. It's not yeah. like... What we have now, it's like every single set for Yu-Gi-Oh is just like crazy. You gotta get, you have to get the new stuff. Yes. Okay, okay, hold on. To be fair, if you picked up Flunder at Burst of Destiny release, which I did, <laughs> and kept the deck, uh, which I di- didn't, <laughs> you could still be playing that deck, the same deck, yeah. this whole time. So that also comes, I guess, like, and me- that's still like a top, like a like just below tier one deck. But the thing is, like, with me, like, I'm, I'm such, like, a tryhard. You True. know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not trying to, like, sugarcoat it. Like, I'm a tryhard. And when it came to, like, Flunders, like, I played Flunder, did well with it, and I was like, all right, like, you know, uh, Brandon Despia is coming out. Or, uh, no, I was playing Cybers Eldridge after that. Yeah. I was like, all right, Cybers Eldridge is coming out. The adventure stuff's going to be crazy. And then once uh, Anaconda got banned, I was like, all right, this deck sucks, which it did. Like, that, that was actually a good call. This deck sucks. I'm going over. Then I played Brandon Despia. And then I played Sprite. And it's just like... There's just... It's like I said. It's me like not being smart about my money. But you're right. 100%. I think we had that conversation too. I was like, bro, I should have never put down Flanderies. I should have never switched over to the deck. To newer decks. Because like, if you do like focus on your strategy and work hard, you can top with pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
well, not everything, but yeah. you have to make a wise decision. Yeah. Now, right now, you play tier or you play something with tier or you lose. And anybody... I mean, that, that's not true. Well, I mean, like, you can play Exocester, but like, they have D-Shifter. I mean, you could play Runic Sprite. That plays yeah. no tier cards. Yeah, but, like, that's Runic Sprite. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, but, but what I'm like, saying is to say you play tier or you lose is disingenuous because... Or disingenuous or whatever it's called because you can play tier sure but you can also play runic sprite you can play pure sprite which is also a topping deck you yeah. can play exosister you can play flunder there's a bunch of decks you can play but what deck gives you the best chance in in north america like i know like they have different metas and stuff like that yeah around because utrecht they made a good call but like now tier is about to get way like so many tools you know it's going to be really, really hard to stop it. I would say that right now, this weekend in Minneapolis, Runic Sprite is probably the best deck. Really? Yeah. And then, now, in... December. No. Or no, yeah, November. In November, November yeah. 4th, Magnificent Mavens releases, and all the Ishizu cards will be out. That's what I'm... See, I, I'm see, I'm thinking ahead. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm not even... can. I'm not even considering this like really like a format. I mean, it obviously is a format, but Minneapolis <clears throat> format is going to look way. The format's going to look way different once you get the Majesty yeah. Maiden or whatever it's called. Right, Majestic it's gonna, Maven. And see, like I'm thinking like a head. Like, yeah, you know. So yeah, and and I get that. I, I do understand what you're saying. I, I guess it's just for me. It's like I've always played Yu-Gi-Oh. When I play Yu-Gi-Oh, I play Advanced. And oh, I guess retro formats didn't really exist in the sense that they do now, back in the day. But it's like, you know, since I've come back to Yu-Gi-Oh, I've played Advance, and I'll dabble in retro and stuff, sure, and I'll, or I'll dabble in Magic, whatever. But when I play Advanced, it's like I'm, I'm back home. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I just, I'll just kind of roll with the punches. The game will get stronger, so will I, you know? So I guess that's just my thought process, but... And I went with that thought process for a while. But like I said, financially, it's just I can't keep yeah, up. Yeah. And if you yeah. can financially keep up, that's great. Like Wonderful for you. Yeah, but me, like, the way, the, the level that I want to play at, I got to have the newest stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah. So. so do you think that there's anything to be said for, um, like, I know personally myself, I've been on Sword Soul for nine or ten months now, and I still enjoy the deck, and I can still play it well. And you can tech it out to beat the meta. It's actually right? getting a lot of traction, too. Like, yeah. People, so People didn't realize banishing <clears throat> that Catalos is, uh, means a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So do you think that there's something to be said for somebody coming in and playing a deck for the like a long time? Do you think that that's still like a viable strategy in Yu-Gi-Oh, right? Because if you go back to like toss format, you, you could play Sky Striker for like a year. You know, you could play Orcus for like a year. Yeah. You know, you could play these different decks for long term and still be successful. But do you think that there's something to be said for in modern Yu-Gi-Oh right now that where they're releasing these game breaking sets, not, you know, not not once every couple of years. Like if you go back and look at retro, you can look at the release of sets like the Shining Darkness mm -hmm. that changed Yu-Gi-Oh. Invasion uh, of Chaos, stuff like that. Well, Invasion uh, of Chaos, sure. Rev, because it had Effect Veiler. Right, yeah. Duels yeah. Revolution. You can also look at sets like Photon Shockwave, mm -hmm. because it released Rescue Rabbit, Zen Mains, and all those cards. Yeah, yeah. And then, but then, like, from Photon Shockwave, you don't have a set that really does anything. changes yeah. the power scaling of Yu-Gi-Oh! until Lord of the Tachyon Galaxy with Dragon Rulers. 
And then later you had Duelist Alliance, which is where you hit like new Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. Whereas now it feels like it's every year you get one of these. Every year? It feels like every month, man. Just well, about. Yeah, because you for, so like when we came back to the game, right? It was fo- it was Rise of the Duelists releasing Droplets, the Dogmatica stuff. And that set that. was crazy. That set was great. The very next set, Phantom Rage releases all of the virtual world and Tri Brigade. Yep. You know, and then you go down the line, and then the year after that was pretty <clears throat> slow. But then you get back into November. Grand Creators came later. Well, and, and well, actually, even better. Right after Phantom Rage, you had Genesis Impact, which released all of the Drytron stuff. True. I forgot yeah. about that set. Right. And then you come back around, and then it's like November of the next year. You have Burst of Destiny, which releases Sword Soul, Fluanderese. Yep. And, and DPE. And DPE engine, yeah. Yep. Then you go to the next month or so, and then it was January, you have Grand Creators, which releases, and that brings in Punk, Adventure, and Exosister. Mm-hmm. Then as you go further on into the year, you have the release of even the Despia Structure deck, mm-hmm. which flipped the metal on its head on its own. Yeah. You know, it, it, yeah, exactly. And then like, Power of the Elements just comes right around the corner in August. And remember when we got the tins, we were kind of looking at each other and we're just like, man, like, there's nothing in here besides. I mean, obviously, Lightning Storm. Yeah, like the reprint. It was just reprints. But but the thing is, it's like the fl- Flundery is cool. Uh, Despia stuff. I mean, yeah, sure. Uh, they were really like the DPE and stuff like that. It's like we don't <clears throat> play this anymore. Yeah, they're, it's gotten to the point where they're power creeping things so quickly. Fast, yes, yeah. Yeah, they're power creeping them so quickly that even by the time they get back around to the megatons, it, it, think about pointless. how think about how bad the megatons would have been <clears throat> this year if there was. Keep, keep in mind, these are cards that did not release this year. They just put them in here to give the tin extra oomph. Yeah, lightning storm, droplet, droplet, pot of prosperity. Well, prosperity did release within the time frame for the tins. It was literally the <laughs> only true. chase That's card. True. Um, you have things like, like all, all N- the, Nibiru, Dark Ruler No More, all the hand traps, all the hand traps, all the Ghost Girls, Ash, Ghost Bell, Ghost Ogre, etc. You know, you have all of these cards that weren't even released within the. I mean, they needed reprints, sure, yeah, yeah, but they weren't within the release cycle. So they're putting them in here to fluff <clears throat> the tins up because everything in there is not good anymore. It's all power crept, except for exactly Pot of Prosperity. That's the only card in the tins that actually needed the reprint. And I mean, I guess you could say like other cards, like Tri-Brigade Kit was like a six or seven dollar super yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But and it's got an up rarity, right? Uh, yeah. I'm, it's just like, sorry, that was a really random. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dylan just uh, calling me. I don't know why, but uh, it's crazy because like, I'm I'm the kind of person like. You know, whatever. Like, I'll pay the money. I'll get the newest stuff or whatnot. It's just like I can't keep convincing myself that this is going to can that this is going to be, continue to be a healthy uh, thing. Because like, yeah. okay, I spend like you know a hundred something dollars. I spend something like a hundred something dollars on you know the Fenries, like from uh, what is it, Darkwing Blast? Is that yeah. what it's called, Fenry or something like that? Uh. Kashatri Fenrir. Fen- yeah. Fenrir, sorry. Yeah. I spent I spend that, but dude, like I kid you not, when I went to sell my stuff, I had, you know, evenly matched, uh, triple tactics. I had pretty much anything you could want. Literally the Thursday that I was going to go, they released the card, the set list for ma- the Majesty. Yeah. Maj- Ma- magnificent Magnificent. Ma- sorry, Magnificent Maiden. You just call it Mama. 
Uh, mama? Yeah. Okay, so I'll call it Mama. <laughs> uh, and they released that, and I was like, wow, like my binder was really nice. Now my binder sucks, and I'm basically giving it away. It was literally a situation of, Mama just killed a man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he killed me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was supposed to go Tuesday, but then I had to work more. So then I went Thursday, and the dude, like we were pricing out, he was like, Hey, like, if you would have came on Tuesdays, this, this, what you got would have been like plus like 300 more bucks. Yeah. yeah. And like, I understand that's the natural progression of the game. Like, you have to print cards for to make it more accessible. But if you look at like Magic, they, they, they do it way less. Like, there's a card yeah, yeah. called like a Stoneforge Mystic that's like searches like equipments and like there's a lot of powerful equipments and it's in modern. And it hasn't been reprinted in a while, but it's still like, you know, $30, $40, you could get it. Yeah. Like, your cards don't retain value that well in Yu-Gi-Oh! anymore. Which is, it's really hard to invest in something to where uh, my imperm can be like a common imperm tomorrow. Yeah, like with my limited experience with Magic, it seems like with Magic, cards get get released at a lower price point. Um, because it's most like... it creeps up. Yeah, yeah, it'll yeah. creep up on you. Uh, but then once it cycles out... Then it's a 50-50 shot, depending upon the individual card, of whether or not it'll just drop to being a couple of bucks or skyrocket because, oh, now it's viable in Pioneer or, or Legacy yeah. or Modern or, or Legacy. Yeah. Okay, yeah. but I think something else that you have to consider with Magic versus Yu-Gi-Oh! And this is what I feel is one of the biggest shortcomings with, shortcomings with Yu-Gi-Oh! product releases versus Magic, anyway. In Yu-Gi-Oh!, you have, when a card releases in a core set, Pot of Prosperity is a great example. You look at it, it's got one secret rare printing. And then it doesn't get printed again for a year and a half. Maybe two. Pot of Prosperity was a year and a half. Yeah, right at. Yeah, specifically. You know, um, Baron de Fleur. We're looking at, we're around a year now that that card has not been released. Or that card, that, that card has been released and not been reprinted. So you look at these cards and it's just like, man, that's crazy. But the thing is, this dude, you know, one I've, reprint. I'm sorry. I'm just really passionate about this because I just yeah, got yeah. like screwed sideways. It just sucks because like. Well, if they would do what Magic does, where yeah. Magic, when they initially release a set, you can get the cards in the set as foils or as alt arts or as full arts, yes. borderless, whatever. And then you can get like your full art borderless in hollow. And then it's like, okay, well you have three or four different ways that this card comes out of the initial set, set release. Yes. By, by it, the, it, it just tanks the price of a non-foil version of the card. By the way, for, in a good way. That's the way Yu-Gi-Oh does it over in the OCG. Where, yeah. Where yeah, secrets yeah. are an ultra, an ulti, a secret, prismatic secret, and, uh, and one or... They call then, holographic rare, which is ghost rare. Yeah, yeah. And then basically ghost rare. and they still retain decent value over there mm -hmm. yeah like, it's not like the card's not gonna sell it's like all right bro like you could have fin fin whatever it's called yeah and you could have it in all these things but it's just like dude like if i hold on to this baron it's like man this baron is 130 dollars and then just like it's it's literally one video away yeah from being 50 yeah it's just like bro i spent 100 something dollars to get this card. It's just, and i can understand it's like well you know, invest better, but it's just, it's hard. It's really yeah. hard. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that, that's my biggest, that's one of my very biggest gripes with Yu-Gi-Oh is that there, you don't have alternative rare, alternative rarities of most cards in core sets. 
Caleb, I think you just pulled up the Kshatri fan. Yeah, there it was is. a rare. Yeah. In the OCG. Yeah, what, it's a rare in the OCG. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> so, you look at these cards, and it's just... That's my biggest issue. Versus, like I said, in Magic, you have six different rarities that you can get a good card in. Dude, get this. Magic players don't care if it's shiny. Yeah, that Not only that, they prefer it not shiny. That is the crazy... Never forget when I played Magic. Well, when I first did it, like, two years ago or so. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, like, I'm going to get my deck foiled out. And they just kind of looked at me. I was like, what? That, Why? That bends your cards. I'm like, oh, crap, it does. Because their foiling's kind of bad, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Part of that is, I think, because they foil the entire card and not just yes, the Yes, and it, like, sucks in. It's, like, it's yeah, like so, really bad. Yeah, so then whenever it bends, it's not bending just on the foil on the art. It's foiling on the entire card. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, closing in. It's, like, really ugly. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm not going to pretend that Yu-Gi-Oh! is a game without problems, because Yu-Gi-Oh! has oh, a ton man. of problems. Yeah. Every card game is going to have a ton of problems. That's just the nature of the beast. Yeah. But, but the thing is this, I'm not quitting because of, like, lack of love. Like, I love, yeah, like, yeah. this is my baby. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I've been around for a while. Uh, I've had success, but, you know, it, it is a good game. I just can't keep up. It just yeah. Yeah. is what it is. And the thing is... Yeah, you can buy, you know, the Crystal Beast structure deck and play. But like Yeah, it's so funny though. Like not I'm sorry, I'm not trying to cut you no, off. No, you're good. You're good. It's so funny though that the game is so expensive to play. But right now is the cheapest that the game has, has maybe been. ever been. Isn't yeah. that insane? It's like expensive, but it's still I, I mean, I don't know. you it's look weird. at it and it's it, like five dollars for Ash Blossoms. Yeah. You know, you know, six, eight, ten dollars for imperms. You know, you've got uh, Nibiru's are two dollars, Dimension and, Shifters two dollars, Chalice is a dollar. And I think the reason why it feels like that is because all the staples are fairly inexpensive. But right. engine, but the engines engine are ungodly. And like honestly, and like the sub engines. I don't know that I necessarily agree. Well, it also depends on which engine you get. What? What is that? Okay, let's look at a Sprite engine. Mm -hmm. Three blues. That's $150. Yeah. Which, right. all, which immediately prices the entire deck out of a lot of people. For a lot of people. Sure, sure. Uh, and then you have three starters and two elves. That's like five. That's, that's 15. An, just say that's 100 bucks for for that. Yeah, so it's, well, no, it's, it's not even that much. Well, like, elves, elves are, are like 20 apiece. 20. 20 and 20 starters are like fives. Yeah, so it's about 55. So, yeah. you know. So you're at like 205, and basically everything else is negligible. But the thing is this, like, wouldn't you want to optimize, like, your deck? Wouldn't you want to have, like, the highest probability of, like, seeing, yeah. like, Yeah, the, good the other cards to optimize are negligible in price. Yeah, I guess. The only card you can say that's not negligible is maybe Pot of Prosperity. And even those, yeah. those have just got reprinted down to $40 a copy. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not saying that the game is like unfeasible, but I'm just saying No, like, it's not a thousand dollars just to play. But what's but what stinks is like Back in the gap, that was so much money, prosperities and stuff like that. And now you have your prosperities that you, you know, saved up for in the past. And it's like, dang, man, like, you know, my card is like not worth that much anymore. Yeah. I, and I, I don't think that that would be a as near as bad of a hit, but that's why Yu Gi Oh! has probably the most aggressive reprint philosophy of mm -hmm. all of the major card games. True. It, they really do because there's a, there's a clock to reprint these cards before they lose meta viability and also to 
go ahead and get more accessible copies to the player base and it helps sell more product. Whereas if you look at Magic, part of the trade-off of having all of these cards that come in all of these rarities is that in about two years yeah a lot of times the cards don't get reprinted for a while a long time yeah it could be two or three years before a card gets reprinted yeah and then of course once something cycles out uh and if you need a card that's 50 dollars, a lot of times you need four of it mm-hmm. that yeah. is rough i'm not gonna lie yeah that, that extra cop like ragavan that, that, ragavans, that are, thing, ragavans are 80 dollars mm-hmm. yeah and you need four of them that's 300 dollars. what what do you need that for I mean, I don't need it, but I know other people need it for their decks. Oh, gotcha. I was say, yeah, like me. It's because it's a it's an amazing pirate. I was about to say, holy crap, dude! Are y'all I'm really like building that. like that, Sonny? Let's no, go. I'm not. <laughs> but no, I, no, neither am I. No, but it's the idea, right? It's like so you can say that like Yu-Gi-Oh is like a more expensive game, but like Magic has its expensive stuff. Yeah, uh, but, but the thing is, you can pick and choose. Yeah, you can like, do that in Yu-Gi-Oh too. You can always make concessions of your power ceiling but, or consistency. But like, is there really? Does anybody really like to lose because they don't have certain cards? I mean, that yeah. would happen in Magic, too. Mm. But the thing is this. It's a little bit more accessible in Magic, you know? I don't know. I guess the difference between shock lands and check lands or shock lands and... Just regular old dual lands that come into play tapped. Yeah, I guess there is like a... No, there's a big difference. <laughs> yeah. Like, you have to have like in... Se- oh, sorry. You have to have uh, in sequence. Okay, so so the money is the barrier. Yes. You do have that big difference in Magic also. So magic can be just as expensive. But your sword sold deck costs like what? Uh, now or on release? On release. Oh, jeez. Yeah, um, I, think I was, thought the engines were cheap. I think it was like, <laughs> I, I think yeah, it was I like was five or six hundred dollars. About five hundred. I can literally get a pioneer deck right now for two hundred dollars. Listen, the the pioneer deck I want to build. And that's just building it from the ground up. Me having nothing is about two hundred and thirty six dollars. Yeah, and you and but the thing is the color schemes, Yu-Gi-Oh's mechanic is archetypes. Archetypes. Yeah. We, color schemes for Magic, it you have to stay within the color scheme. Yeah. And once re- you get like lands and stuff, like yeah. you'll have a third of your deck always forever. Exactly. Yep. Like they they the colors follow a certain thing. Blue is drawing and counter. Red is burn. White is life gain and exiling their stuff and like creatures. Uh, is white is the is, color of removal. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And uh, red, green is creatures, and uh, creatures black kind of ramp. Yeah, yeah and black kind of just does everything, but worse. Yeah, but, yeah, it, it's got removal, but it also has infect. Black also does a lot of infect. But what I'm saying is, yeah. you okay? It would be like in Yu-Gi-Oh, where you have like, it's but like every creature in green follows into that. Everything in white follows into what white does. Right. Like Yu-Gi-Oh, it's like they like you have these archetypes and they follow it, but like it's kind of like a the reinforcement of the army thing. Now every yeah. deck has a reinforcement of the army. Right. Yeah. Like every deck gets an Every deck has a monster born. Every deck has a great extender. Every deck draws a card now. They are literally just making it to where the decks just do the same thing. It just, you know, it's just a in just an ever so slightly different way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess there's fairness to that, but I mean, when you think about it, like right, if if all the Yugo decks do the same thing in slightly different ways, but like the magic, the magic like different magic decks kind of also do all the same thing in slightly different ways, just That's within fair. your yep. color columns, yeah. Yeah, 
we should I should probably get a we should probably get like a Magic the Gathering pie chart. Yeah, that would go good right here. Just a nice little. So we can just go. Here's the colors. <laughs> Here's right. the chart. Consult so, the chart. Let's do some. Uh, let's do some mailbag questions. I think we have time for quite a few of them, and we have a bunch of questions to ask. Oh, good. And I told people that we were doing that we were like talking about Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh, so we have like Magic questions too. Nice. I will try my best. Okay. I'm You're, not like this a one. Master. This one you can definitely do. Uh, with the existence of a tour guide, a beat cop, and a muckraker from the underworld, is there a mayor from the underworld or other municipal figures from the underworld? Yeah, for sure. There's right? gotta be. I mean, have you seen that bus? The bus is full of stuff. You know? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and then then the fact that there are police people with beat cop. Yeah, that suggests a centralized government of some kind. You're right. Were y'all around for when Beat Cop first got released? Yeah. No. Everybody. So you were? Uh, no, he wasn't. No, no. But I picked one up because they were only a dollar. Oh, gotcha. It, it, I remember when that first. Everybody would like just. It's kind of. It was just the weirdest card. And then like whenever I realized that like you could protect Mystic Mind with yep. it, I was like, I hate this card. <laughs> yeah. Um. How does the power creep in Yu-Gi-Oh compare to that of Magic, and which is more sustainable? Uh, Magic is definitely more the the more sustainable one. Yeah, for because sure. uh, alternative formats. Alternative formats like I and, play I play Pioneer, which is like from two thousand like twelve ish ten ish. Uh, twenty fourteen. I twenty fourteen. Oh, okay, so it's I, like I think it, you think okay. Yeah, so. I, I think it's uh, Amonkhet. Gotcha. I think twenty thirteen to fifteen. Twenty thirteen. Yeah. yeah. So it's from that that point to the point now, which is only like you know uh, ten years, you know. Yeah. yeah. But Yu-Gi-Oh is from like day one to now. Back in nineteen ninety six. And the thing magic, is, that would be vintage. Yeah. Well, the thing is with like Yu-Gi-Oh, it's like the cards have to keep getting more powerful. But in Magic, you can you can just like ignore a color that comes out. Like right now, they have a card that just came out of uh, I think it was Dominaria. Uh, it's like a five drop like enchantment that has flash, which basically means it could come in at any point. It's quick play. Yeah, and it's white. And like I play Azorius control, and we play like smaller spells to counter the opponent, put stuff on the board. You would think because Azorius is has white in it, I would play that card because the card's really good. But I don't have to because yeah. I'm only playing two colors. Yeah. Yeah. No. Not only that, Magic can also keep a a much tighter control on its actual card design because of the cycle where every couple of years uh, a set comes out of rotation. You can't play those cards in that set in standard. Yeah. So that kind of gives a little more control over standard, which overall gives them more control over everything that gets released. Yeah. Period. The other counterpoint is that in Yu-Gi-Oh!, the power creep is only sustained by the all-encompassing ban list. And exactly. The ban list is the end-all, be-all, and they are way more aggressive with the Yu-Gi-Oh! ban list, just like they're more aggressive with reprints. Yeah. The Magic actually... Is, oh, sorry. No, I was just saying, the Yu-Gi-Oh! ban list is like, they're really aggressive about hitting stuff. They'll hit something within four months. Magic will let stuff hang, dude. They just ban, like, a card that basically, like, blinks. I don't know if everybody knows that. It, like, basically, like make sure it, say like in Yu-Gi-Oh, it basically would take them put them in the banish pile and then resummon them literally zelantis yeah, yeah literally zelantis where he blinks yeah the that guy field. oh we've had that for like since like 2000 like mm -hmm. when icoria was out like 2000 oh yeah no i'm 19 20 or so oh, yeah, no, i'm reading one of my pirate deck that blinks a card and if it was a pirate i draw a card yeah there you go 
Yeah. Like, see, that's the thing. Like, they'll let stuff hang, but eventually they will ban it. I will say they're a little bit more passive. Now, there's sometimes where magic is like, nah, that's not okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, Little Tefiri and, uh, like, uh, I can't remember what format it was. It maybe would have, I think it was standard. No, it was like, it was, it was some format. Uh, no, Pioneer. It basically, like, made, like, where your sorceries, which are way more powerful than your instants, which are, like, kind of like counter traps in Yu-Gi-Oh!, it made it to where you could activate them on your opponent's turn, so you could like board wipe your opponent on their turn. It'd be it'd be like it'd be like having a uh, a monster that lets you activate normal spells in your opponent's turn and spell speed too. Yeah, so like yeah. I can change a heart, your creature, Regeki. Yeah, exactly. Oh that, oh wow! You just set five cool lightning storm them. But they want to. But the thing about magic is, like Sunny said, they try to keep it controlled. Yeah. They noticed that that was breaking a game mechanic. You shouldn't be able to activate sorceries on my turn. Yeah, that was that was they'll even sometimes they'll even straight up admit we made a mistake printing this card. Mm -hmm. And they sorry. give you and they give you articles and everything. They're like, hey, this is insane. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, right. that's like the best thing about Magic to me is that there's actual communication between the company that makes the oh game and God, the player yes. base. Yeah, they're like it's constantly crazy. putting out stuff. Yeah. But I think part of that ha also with the communication ha also kind of has to do with the fact that. Magic the Gathering has an active storyline going on behind it. Yeah, that is true. Yu-Gi-Oh! is just kind of floating. It's just like, yeah, we're just going to make up, like, cyber girls with, like, you know, like, and then, yeah. suspicious clothing. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, alright, like... And then put a uh, storyline in the background of the cards. Yeah. yeah. Like with, uh, uh, a Luber the Duber the Boober. <laughs> uh, which format do you think is more balanced? Commander or Yu-Gi-Oh! in its current format? Commander is insane. Have you ever been infinite looped on yes. like any point of the Turn game? Turn four. A, a commander. Okay, I've never played a game with Commander. I refuse to play Commander because it looks intimidating as all get out. Like, and dude, the Commander players get so excited when stuff happens. They're like, I just went infinite combo. Like, <laughs> Nobody <Right>. cares. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't do that. Like the idea, I, I was, we were at the card shop for the sneak peek event like a couple of weeks ago. And I'm sitting there, I'm playing a little Edison. We're just enjoying ourselves, you know. I look over and there's a table of eight people playing Commander. And this one person was just sitting there playing on their phone. And then like somebody would do something and they would look up from their phone and like, be like, okay, yeah, I don't have anything. And it's like, it takes it's it like 15 minutes for it to get back boring. around to it's your very turn. boring to me. It sounds horrible. If you have a bunch, if you only have like four people, it's, it, that's pretty fun. Yeah. But like the infinite looping and stuff like that, the cards are so broken. There's there's a combo that I've seen somebody pull off where they played a Tafridi card where it blinks them until their next turn. Yeah, you could like blink yourself and like make yourself hexproof and yeah, like yeah. you can't be affected. Imagine that in Yu-Gi-Oh. I can't take like but hold on, and then it, any he, spells. But like, then he also blinks his and he also blinks his board except for one card and gives it hexproof to let you skip a turn. Mm -hmm. So his turn went, so his turn to blink himself back would never come. So he's just out of the game. Yeah, he yeah, he's out of the game, but still in the game. But no one can hurt can touch him. What? So he wins. He's already won. That's the dumbest see okay, so I would say that Yu-Gi-Oh! is way more fair than Commander. Yeah, I think Yu-Gi-Oh! is way more balanced than Commander. Because be you can't literally make yourself invulnerable to everything. Yeah. Yeah, like you have the existence of things like hand traps that help balance the game so much. To be fair though, Commander really is not anybody that wants to tell you Commander is a competitive format is literally lying. Yes, like it's, it it's not. not. It's all for fun. It's all for giggles. Yeah. yeah. That's why they have cards that are specifically for Commander, 
that yeah. you cannot play in other formats. Yeah, like uh, Jeweled Lotus. Could you yeah. imagine adding three mana to your mana pool just oh, off gosh. of a zero artifact? Yeah. Zero. Oh, I got three mana. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the, and, the, and then there's another card that's just a land that taps for any color that your, uh, uh, your commander has. By the way, in Commander, you're only allowed to play cards that match your commander's colors. Yeah. So if you play a commander that's like four colors, you can just play like four colors? Yeah. Yeah. That's the, stupid. Th there's actually a five-color commander deck. Yeah. That's stupid. Yeah, it's it's really it's really agitating. But I, I would say that uh, Modern and Pioneer are like the Yu-Gi-Oh formats of yeah. Magic. Yeah. Pioneer just kind of got started up, but Modern is insane. Like, Modern's so crazy. Which set style do you like better, Magic or Yu-Gi-Oh? I think it's Magic, and I don't even think it's close. Yeah. I, I talked about this earlier when I said that, like, I like the way that Magic releases cards yeah. in, like, three or four or five different rarities within the set. Also, the artwork, dude. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, the artwork yeah. is, like, it's demons oh, and angels the, and, like, crazy well, stuff, you know? I actually have a funny thing to say that, so remind me about that. Remind me in a second. Uh, but something else I really like about Magic is that they hey, actually... don't forget about the demons and the angels and stuff. Yeah. They actually, like... <laughs> Um, tell you who did the artwork on the card. Yeah, yeah. Which is great. Credit to the artist is really cool. Yeah. The thing I was about to say, though, was that originally Yu-Gi-Oh! was supposed to be, was originally called Wizards and Demons, and it was just a magic clone without the lands, because, uh... So, like, Summon Skull was just straight up Pit Fiend. <laughs> That's just funny. Just straight up. But then they kind of changed them a little bit before they finally got into the Bandai Namco cards, which are the, one, which are the weird-looking ones. Yeah. Yeah. And then eventually they settled on the, uh, click. the current Yu-Gi-Oh style. Not quite. They had the one with the with the where it had the text yeah, box on the yeah, left yeah. and attack and defense on the right. Then they kind of went, yeah, we need more text. So whoosh, and that's yeah. the way it is now. Uh, angels and demons. What about angels? That, and that demons? was it. That was oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, I was telling you the original name of the game okay. of Yu-Gi-Oh was Wizards and Demons. Gotcha. Do you prefer Yu-Gi-Oh's lack of cost to play most cards and cost restrictions only being put on the powerful cards or themed cards? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Caleb sounds like he doesn't, but uh, I, because it gives an advantage. There's an advantage and a disadvantage to it, but the advantages outweigh the disadvantages. Wait, say that question again. Like I, I'm trying to. Do you prefer Yu-Gi-Oh's lack of cost to play most cards? And cost restrictions only being put on powerful cards or themed cards. Dude, it's, that's one of the biggest problems with Yu-Gi-Oh! Is like there's no like mana pool or anything. Like yeah. It's just yeah, but oh, that's I, also the best part about Yu-Gi-Oh! Is that I'm not dependent on drawing a bunch of bricks to play the game. I think we talked about this. We did. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just like it's just <clears throat> wow, pot agreed. Oh, that's crazy. Oh, Don't do a grace check. Yeah, wall. they're banned wow. for a reason. Yeah, yeah. Those... But the thing is, this like. Or magic doesn't have to have. You know, we actually have like so many cards that are graceful charity and magic. Yep. It's absolutely insane. It's, but it's not that great. Like, yeah. it's crazy. Like, a great example actually is a card I have in one of my decks called Charter Course. Mm -hmm. One blue mana, draw two. And then discard if I have an attack this turn. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, but like, the thing is this, but you have to meet a certain. Uh, requirement to do that certain thing and, I and you also have to like plan it right because mm -hmm. if you tap your mana because you're playing blue obviously because you're yeah. drawn you can't counter your opponent whenever they do a stuff there's a lot more thought process in that sense now yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh! you have to have a ton i'm not saying that game isn't skillful that game is insane you have to have a ton of foresight you have to have a ton of uh, like problem like problem solving to get through certain things it's like 
there's so many hoops you have to jump jump yeah. through. But I also don't like the fact of you can't look across. You, most sometimes, yes, you can look across the table like, man, I'm going to win. But then somebody just gets that crazy like, yep. y- like Yugi Moto off the top deck, and it's just annoying. Like I me- hate that I knew eight turns before I lost that I was going to lose. What talking about when we were playing Magic? Yeah. I yeah. hate that. That feels incredible. I was in control of the game the whole time. Yeah, and that's great. Maybe like, I'm just a narcissistic like psycho though. You know, that's true. <laughs> like, but, no, I I hate that. Like, I feel like I'm playing this game out, but there's nothing. But my my Yu-Gi-Oh instincts tell me don't scoop, right? Because it's like I feel like I can draw something off the top and flip the game around. But like, it's not, not how magic works really. But I mean, Sonny, you have to un- you have to think about this though. You were in control of that game, like yeah, for a. For a portion, sure. And but the thing was, you were like putting big creatures on board, and I was just kind of sitting there with one creature. Yeah. But then I was holding like my, you know, my counter yeah, traps, yeah, yeah. basically my solemn judgments in my hand. But then like I'm waiting on your play, and I'm bottlenecking you into a spot to where it's right. Like, All yeah, right, now I get that. I'm accumulating. Yeah. I just feel like that's way more skillful than just like mm-hmm. oh, a sprite starter. Oh, you yeah, idiot. but then there's like a skill level to understanding okay well i do or i do not ash blossom this i do or i do not droll this i do or i do not do this here yeah but there's so much thought that has to go into but the reason why the game's in a bad spot ash blossom used to be insane when you activate it they have to power creep everything to now to where you have you could play through an ash blossom you could play it through a nibiru that's why it's all the more skillful because you have to understand the proper places to do these things otherwise you have to understand the proper stuff for magic too like yeah you have to do I put up this merfolk right now, uh, or do I hold my counter spell so Sonny doesn't kick me in the face with a five five dinosaur with haste and trample? Like, yeah, it's stuff like that. You got what I'm saying? Yeah, but, but then of course the then of course the issue is is that with Yukio, even if you ash in the correct space in the correct spot where you, where it is objectively the correct, correct place, thing, there yeah, they'll just kind of shrug, play this other card, and just keep going like nothing happened. Maybe we need to play more impactful cards like Droll. Well, that's the thing. But the thing is, you could also play around drill. Starter plays around drill. Brandon opening plays. They just keep their do. Konami is doing it, and they have. But the thing is, they have to. If they don't, then the game's just gonna like continue to stay. It's gonna stagnate and it's gonna die. You know. Yeah. But, yeah. And, but I like that I can look across at your field. Let's say me and you were playing a control matchup against each other. We're both playing Azorius control. I see you got two uh, mana up. You know, you have a counter spell most likely because you're playing yeah. Azorius control. Yu-Gi-Oh, you can't see that. You could cheese a lot of people with, ha, I play this one monster reborn. Yeah. Or, ha, I play I this, yeah. I play this uh one for one to get my substitute out the deck. It's just stuff like that. In magic, it's like this has to fit into a certain criteria. So yeah. Okay. We have a lot more questions to roll through, and we're like three in. <laughs> oh, sorry. Jesus. Okay, would you consider Yu-Gi-Oh to be the Kusogi of card games, which is a game where everyone generally agrees to be poorly designed, but accepts it for what it is and still enjoys it anyway? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely, mean, uh, yes. Yeah. That's basically exactly what Yu-Gi-Oh is. Uh, Master Rule 6 is likely to be announced in November or December following the three-year trend and would be implemented around May. What is the quality of life update to the game you would like to see to improve the game? Uh, personally, I would like to see... The player that goes second draws a card, draws six cards for their opening hand instead of five, and well, then doesn't. Wait, draw you mean turn. going first? It, okay, if you're going first, you still start with five and no draw for turn. And then player, then the players one second draw six, and then also skips their draw phase. Yeah. 
That sounds wild. That way, you, <laughs> yeah. That way, you don't like top deck like an ash or a nib off the top. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it eliminates that need of like, okay, well, you're building an unbreakable board, and I need to see what's coming off the top of my deck to know if I should scoop, because we're you're gonna have an eight minute turn, and it would be better for me to just scoop, but I can't really scoop because I'm waiting to see what's on the top of my deck. Yeah. yeah. So it, it would save time. Oh, and also they need to change time rules. That's not even yeah, a yeah, question. Yeah. That's yeah. a given. It, it definitely needs to change. Uh, why is pendulum the best summoning mechanic? It's not you for around? a bunch. It's not for a bunch of reasons. At the beginning, it was. It's oh my yeah, god! Yeah, at the yes. beginning, it was, and then they had I, to nerf it in the ground. I remember whenever Pendulums first came out, and I saw the mechanic function. I just kind of rubbed my temples and went, "This is so broken." Yeah. Just based on the exceeds I had access to at the time, I was like, "This is ridiculous." I can just exceed summon four times. I remember yeah. whenever it first came out, uh, ignites were a deck. And like it didn't become really anything, but I remember everybody was playing Ignites because mm -hmm. it was just searchable. Like, if we would have had like painful decision and like unexpected die back then, that oh. deck would have been insane. Yeah. Um, uh, but it was just crazy because it's like, dude, I could just bring back like all these creatures that I just and I could set my scales. It it, it was insane. It really was. Um, it, the reason why I'm oh, sorry. Uh, they had to do links and stuff like that is because of pendulums because the game was in a really really bad spot at that time yeah and if you want to argue with me about that you can believe what you like pendulums were a mistake they fixed it thankfully but it was crazy yeah i agree time wizard style sets aside what is a product type that you'd like to see for Yu-Gi-Oh? Uh, yeah aside from time wizard style sets i would really just like to see Yu-Gi-Oh have a uh, a way to do like a 60 card core set I, I think that there's like there's so much fluff and pack filler in these sets that's just useless yeah just give us either like 60 to 80 card sets maybe like 75 might even be a good compromise and just give us like a higher likelihood of yeah pulling cut, something cut yeah. out cut out the garbage <clears throat> Yeah. Cut, yeah out, some of these cut out the garbage and give me really alternative bad. rarities. Yeah. I'll give you a great example of why alternative rarities would work very well in Yu-Gi-Oh. If you look at most Starlight Rare cards, the prices of those cards, yes. even if they're necessary cards for strategy, do not generally top out that crazy. Yeah. If you look at Swordsville Grandmaster Chi Shao, that card is an $8 card. Or it was. It's not anymore. It sounds like a $3 card, but... Swordsword Grandmaster Chisha was like $8 because it had a Starlight. Mm -hmm. If it didn't have a Starlight, it probably would have been like 20 Then you have like Incredible Ecclesia of the Virtuous. The Starlight was like 400 and the regular was only like 50 bucks. Yeah. For, yeah. for a mandatory three of in a deck. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think it, it works. So. I think it does too. Um, being the wonderful human beings that you are, would you send me a playset of Kshatri Fenrir? No, because we can't afford it. Yeah. <laughs> do you think what keywords. What like do you not understand? Yeah. It's really expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think keywords like how magic has them are viable for a complicated game like Yu-Gi-Oh? Yeah, in some situations. Yeah, like we like we had we added piercing as a thing. Yeah, you know. Yeah, a bit piercing, banished face. They also changed uh, remove from play to banished, so that's also a keyword. Magic calls it exile. Every yeah. time, every time I say banished, the magic players are always like, it's actually exile. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the same mechanic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel that Magic has better sealed starter products like Commander decks and things like that than Yu-Gi-Oh does with the structure decks. Yu-Gi-Oh will give you a deck and a playmat with a few suggested combos and maybe a token card of the strategy, a card or lore if it needs one, right? Magic beginning products usually come with a deck, a cardboard deck box, a life tracker, some tokens, as well as a booster pack and some dice. 
What do you think Yu-Gi-Oh could add to their starter or structure decks to make it more enticing for new players? Well, I think the first thing that you need to understand is that the Yu-Gi-Oh structure decks do a great job most of the time of mm -hmm. reprinting cards that need reprints. Yeah, I was about to say, they've gotten really, really good mm -hmm. at it. So and the like Magic starter products are a lot more expensive. Yes. The well, Commander decks are like $40 or something yeah. like that. Like, I went to Walmart. They had like a pre-built pioneer deck and i was looking i was like this is actually pretty good there's some good cards in here it was like 55 bucks yeah it's whatever like, yeah. they do be giving you some good cards in them pioneer pre-decks yeah though. so the yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh structure decks are 10 bucks yeah but but also something else with the pioneer decks is a with that specific pioneer deck is that i think you went and priced it out if you had bought each card individually it was like 30 bucks really yeah, yeah. what yeah it sounds like a poopy pioneer deck yeah <laughs> what color was it a blue white yeah, Zorius. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, that was the question again. So, do you th what do you think you could okay. add to make yes. them more enticing? Uh, add like a more like add like a nicer mat. I don't know. Like, yeah, maybe like a nicer net mat. Maybe do, some. You want me to be honest with you? They need to just sh stop shying away from doing two and three copies of a card in the deck. That too, so that, so that yeah, we, yeah, so that we yeah. don't have to buy three. I don't care if the structure deck is goes from $10 to $20. If I get three Ash Blossoms instead of one, yeah. and I get like three of this card that I need instead of one, and three here and three here, and make like the there. deck like an almost, not, it doesn't have to be like completely make it like meta. Com or it could be like two, two, two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah to where you only have to, yeah. To I, I just think that there's more things they could do. Yeah. They, they could optimize the deck list. I think that would be like the biggest yeah. thing. Yeah. So that way you don't have to just sit there and buy three of a product that there's only going to be so many of because everyone's everyone's trying to buy three. The Pioneer right. deck lists are pretty... They give you like two of the same thing or sometimes yeah. three, but they are stingy on the lands. They're just like, here's yeah. a couple like basics, bro. Yeah. Like, good luck. Land mana, you just have to like buy yourself. Yeah. Uh, do you think that Yu-Gi-Oh cards should have full art cards like Magic? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. It's not even a debate. They just start with borderless and then give us like full art. And like people, and then of course people would say that wouldn't work. And I'm just like, Pokemon's made it work. Digimon has made it okay, work. Okay. So the counterpoint is that in Yu-Gi-Oh, there there's a lot more text on the cards, and if you do True. full art, it makes it harder to read the text. True. Yeah, but no, that's what I'm saying because that's how uh, Digimon made it work. They also have a crap ton of text. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, due to, they have to have, you know, whatever your main effect is, and that's long as I'll get out. Get out. Yeah. But then they also have another box that the goes. The Digi-Evolution and yes, stuff like so that. Yes. So that because whenever you digivolve your Digimon, it goes on top, and then you have to have that bottom, the bottom of the card underneath Showing it. Showing so you don't forget about it. Yeah. yeah. And then it's that way your opponent knows, okay, it's got three Digimon underneath it. And that's smart. Here are their effects. That's yeah. smart, yeah. But they still made it work, even with the full arts. Yeah. It's doable, they just have to do it. Yeah. Why does Konami insist on shooting itself in the foot every time they do something that resembles useful to the game and players? Examples, extending round times at events, but stopping players from scooping in the finals, reprinting expensive staples, but then short printing those same cards. Because they think they're smart. Yeah. Yeah, we know what you're doing. No, they think they're cute and that they can do this and that and the other. And then it's people like when don't they, know. It's like when they got rid of short printing and corsets, yeah, right? But then also reduced the amount of cards in the set. No, they increased the amount of cards yes. in the set, making it harder to pull. They went from eight secret rares per set with no with short printing to ten secret rares per set with no short printing. But what this does but they is gave you all the bad secrets. Yeah, well yeah. what this does is it it lowers the quality of secret rare in the set and you go from an average of three secret rares per case of each card 
to 2.4 secret rares per case of each card. Yeah. Which means that, yeah, cool, we're not short printing particular cards anymore. Now everything is short printed, essentially. It's even more short printed than the actual short prints. But yeah. the thing is, it's just such a slap in the face to us. Yeah. The Yu-Gi-Oh! community, you guys, you know, you guys, you guys are some of the most loyal human beings I've ever seen in my Y'all love punishment. I don't understand it. I really don't. It's a good card. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a what? It's a good card. Dogmatic punishment. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> but my thing is, it's like Yu-Gi-Oh players, they're just like, they're, they're just okay with it. They yeah. really are. Like, because they be doing some stuff yeah, I, to the Yu-Gi-Oh community. It's like that one guy says, Yu-Gi-Oh has some problems, but we love it in spite of that. Yeah. My thing is this, like the biggest slap in the face recently was the, you know, the Mystic Mind thing. Oh, dude, yeah. Oh and then God. they banned D-Barrier, so I can't interact with Eradicator. No, they banned Reboot, not D-Barrier. Yeah, Red Reboot. Oh, I'm sorry. They banned... Okay, I I meant to say Red Reboot. Yeah. I can't interact with D-Barrier yeah. or Eradicator. And it's or, just, ha- or Harpy's Featherstone, Or Harpy's... And it's just like, bro, like, what are you... Yeah, they, you cannot I, interact with those cards at all. Unless you go first and said Chalm Judgment. Yeah. All right, uh, coming as a player who is in the process of leaving Yu-Gi-Oh! and selling off all the stuff to go to Magic the Gathering because I didn't want to have my wallet go down with the format, how do you feel about the motto for EDH slash CEDH Commander? Judge the player by the deck, not by their wallet, which is usually used in the context of allowing proxies, where likewise in Yu-Gi-Oh! proxies is considered a sin. Uh, My thing with that is this, like, the Magic community is really laid back if you want me to be honest now don't get me wrong you could have the pro tours and stuff where the guys are sweaty that's fine <laughs> but if you magic has so many formats to where it fits the mold for the more relaxed players right you know yeah, yeah. Oh, it's advanced retro what you picking bro right it, magic it, is just to the point i'm sorry uh magic is just to the point to where it's like uh I'm sorry, my mind's drawing a blank. No, you're good. Uh, I, I think you could almost say that like that reprint schedule in Magic has made it normalized to just use proxies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And see, with the proxies and stuff like that, it's like, oh, bro, like, I'm, and people are more accepting of it because these older cards are way more expensive. If people are proxying stuff, most likely it's like old in Magic. Yeah. yeah. Or, uh, you know, people are getting into like formats and it's like, hey, like, I want to test this out. But I, I understand, like, I don't understand what it is with Yu-Gi-Oh. We're so ashamed of, like, the fact that we don't have the card to the point of we'll sit there and just not test with the card and just, like, like I don't understand see, the shaming of not having the card in yeah. testing, you know? Yeah, like, to, to see if the card's even worth spending the money to pick it up and to begin yeah. with. But don't bring that to locals, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, people are really weird about that. But the Magic community is just like, yo, like, whatever, bro. Whatever. It's whatever. not as it's definitely not as sweaty as Yu-Gi-Oh, but you can make it as sweaty as you what you want. Like me, I plan on you know playing Pioneer competitively at you know in Alexandria, or like you know, uh, local shops. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, like, it's nice because the deck doesn't like have to. I don't have to keep spending money on it. I pay my money. I have my deck, and like Caleb said, the deck's good for two or so years. And or even I, longer. And the thing with proxies and stuff like that is like it helps you figure out what you want to do. So yeah, yeah. Do you think Yu-Gi-Oh should put codes in their packs like Pokemon or Magic does to get packs on Master Duel? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'd love to get some more value out of that out of that eighty dollar box that I bought yesterday that I pulled a Lady of the Labyrinth and a Muckraker from the Underworld. Please. Yeah. Uh, when is Konami going to get a musical artist to promote their products like Post Malone and Magic? They're not. Literally never. 
because we just it's not Konami's thing. Konami just they don't like having ambassadors after like what happened fun. with that. Yeah. They don't like having brand ambassadors after like what happened with that soccer player. Yeah. Wait, what? There was a soccer player that was a brand ambassador for Yu-Gi-Oh EU. He's like one of the biggest soccer players in the world. And they he was a he was the brand ambassador for Yu-Gi-Oh for like, I don't know, like a month. And then um, a video came out of him being super racist and they had to cut all ties with him. Yep. I had no idea that was a thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh but also Magic kind of also Magic has kind of done this uh what's what I'm looking for this where they in the past they've made They've built this legacy of doing this. Yes. Uh part part partially for, you know, making sure people know who their artists are and then they all started doing some some of the more sillier unsets or the you know, spoof yeah. sets. Which then expanded into having like, oh, this set is just straight up Transformers. Yeah. Like Optimus Prime is a yeah. card. They do crossovers with other bigger media universes yeah. frequently. Yeah. And then sometimes they've they'll... done Strixhaven, which was the Harry Potter one. Oh yeah. 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 yeah and, and they, they did. did. Walking Remember they Dead. did the Walking Dead? Yeah. 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 That yeah. was like one of the biggest complaints because yeah. you could play that in like Commander and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, but yeah, but then yeah, but then like I said, because then you could do they do these crossovers where sometimes they make new cards just for them. Like with Transformers, they even made a whole new keyword for them. Yeah. Oh, did they? Yeah, more than meets the eye. But see, that's the oh, cool, that's funny. That's the cool stuff. And then yeah, and it's so cool. Yeah. And then sometimes they'll do crossovers where it's just alternate artworks, like the Post Malone card. Yeah. Where it's an alt art of uh, what's the name of it? Post Son of Rich. Kirk. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a re it's a redo of Kirk, son of Yogmoth, and then it says at the bottom what the card was really is. Yeah, and they just copied the. But text. isn't that the coolest thing? Yes, yes it is. Yes, it's very cool. You, you don't need to do that. That's one of my favorite draws about Magic is that they cool they actually do cool stuff. Yeah, like like one, like one of my favorite things they've done recently was the. Uh, All right, we're five D minutes over and we have three questions left. Yeah, it was oh, the, sorry. Real quick, I really love the D and D set they did, especially with the uh, uh, dungeon mechanics. Yeah. Okay. As, uh, do you think running Kshatris as splashable is cope or viable? I think it's viable in certain decks, and other it, decks it's cope. I, I think it's viable with exactly Fenrir. Yeah. Uh, what is what's your thoughts on the tempo of Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh? As they are very different, because for the most part, uh, the, because of resources such as mana in Magic: The Gathering that cause general games to start slow and ramp up over time, compared to th explosive three-turn games in Yu-Gi-Oh. I think that Yu-Gi-Oh has way more back and forth than people give it credit for. It's just that the back and forth takes place over three long turns rather than 30 short turns. Yeah. But magic is great because like you can like grind your opponent down. Like there's actually a control strategy to magic. Like, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, there's a control strategy to Yu-Gi-Oh too. Yeah, but I mean... And there's a way to play against that control strategy. Yeah. But with Yu-Gi-Oh, it's just like... It's so much more impactful whenever you blow a control player out. Yeah. The magic, uh, it's like, I can't activate an evenly match on my dude's lands and stuff, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. I mean, magic has cards that, like, wipe the board and stuff. Yeah. yeah, but, like, you have to meet a certain criteria to actually activate it. Yeah. Like, you have to get to four mana before you can do a sweeper, which is, like, a dark hole in their format. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, then, but then, of course, with magic, you also have the con... It also allows for a concept of a weenie deck where you're just... A, where your deck's just full of a bunch of cheap cheap dudes who are like one 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 two 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 yeah sometimes a haste and then that becomes a problem because then instead of having to sit there and ramp up just right off the gate you're hitting your opponent yeah all right 
that'll wrap it up for the <laughs> questions. So yeah, we got on that thing. Dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it was lots of really good discussion. Yeah, for sure. And that's why I wanted to start the questions early because we got a bunch of them, and I wanted to make sure that we got to as many of them as possible. Mm -hmm. So. All right. Well, that will wrap it up for today's episode. Thank you, Trevor, for coming out yeah, and no hanging problem. out with us. Uh, are you? Is there anything that you want to plug? Like, pl oh, like shout outs or what? Yeah. Uh, I might start doing like some retro format type stuff, like on uh, a different channel. Uh, I haven't even decided for it. I guess I'll just send it to you whenever you're ready, Sonny. Yeah, sure. Uh, but yeah, like I really kind of want to. I'm thinking about building like a community and having like in person like tournaments and stuff like that. That'd be cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Or I just might just be a bum and just like you know ride off into the sunset, <laughs> you know? and you'll never see me again. So you know what the cool part about riding off into the sunset is? What's that? If you keep riding far enough, eventually you'll come back around to the sunrise. Bro. <laughs> that all right do, that do be true <laughs> <laughs> that'll wrap it up for today's episode thank you all so much for coming in and watching or listening to the top cut Yu Gi Oh podcast now if you're on spotify or apple itunes you can always of course hit the follow button you can leave us a rating or a review and of course if you're on youtube you can subscribe you can turn on the notification bell which helps out when we post a new episode to let you know mm -hmm. that we are live with the new episode so of course, thank you all to our sponsors also, which again is Dragon Shield and TCG Player, which are our affiliate links down below, costing you nothing extra. Thank you to our supporters at Patreon. Of course, uh, if you want to have your name read out on Patreon or if you want to get that extra episode every week, you can always check that out. And of course, thank you to Millennium Threads and Gem Accessories. There are discount codes to both of those down below. And with all that said, thank you so much for checking out today's episode and have a great week, everybody. Take care, everybody. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.